What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the High Button Podcast. I am your host, Justin Belanger. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Sport Wheels Warehouse, Nova Scotia's largest baseball and hockey training center. Indoor batting cages, hockey shooting gallery, camps, corporate events, birthdays, and more. Located at 78 First Lake Drive in Lower Sackville, the warehouse has all your sporting needs to get you to the next level, or if you just want to have some fun, Sport Wheels Warehouse. Get in there today. We're back. It's Monday. I hope that you're enjoying it. Uh, You know, they always say Monday's the hardest day, but once again, when you get up, you do what you love, you got no problems in life. That's the the truth right there. Um, Crazy, crazy, just absolutely insane story coming out this week. Kind of sad, too, that the Women's IIHF Hockey Championship was canceled. I think it was canceled two days ago, maybe, or Saturday, Friday, I'm not too sure, but, you know, it's incredibly sad news uh, coming out of the IIHF, and it's very unfortunate that, you know, other parts of the world, uh, you know, are going through a little bit of a crisis right now, but it ends up affecting the entire world Uh, here in Nova Scotia. I'm not sure if there's any symptoms of the coronavirus, but in order to prevent that disease from coming here, you know they have to they have to cancel the tournament. We don't want any international travel coming here to Halifax. I don't know where you stand on it. There's a lot of people that are, you know, there's a lot of people that are very nervous. There's a lot of people saying, you know, three thousand people have passed away from this disease, but yet, you know, three hundred thousand people pass away every year from obesity. So some people say that we're we're blowing it out of proportion. Some people are saying no, it's good. Like everyone stay inside. Let, let let's get rid of this thing. I agree with what that soccer coach said the other day over in Europe. He, he he said, you know, you shouldn't be asking people that have absolutely no idea what what it is. You know, you should be asking scientists. You should be asking people that are knowledgeable on the actual topic. Um, and it's very, I, I, I absolutely agree. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do because I'm in absolutely no state or, or no mindset to be able to tell you what to do. I couldn't tell you the first thing. All, all I would say is wash your hands and don't touch your face. But that's just what I read, so... Uh, but anyways, once again, it, it's very unfortunate. And the good thing is that it is coming back in 2021, they said. So we didn't lose it. It's just being delayed a little bit. So, you know, I guess a little bit more patience. We can all we can all learn to be a little bit more patient once you think about it. But anyways, it, it kind of sucks. So to move on to something a little bit more brighter, a little bit more happier is today's episode. The podcast guest we had on, it was a last minute guest. It was Mike Akurzi, the head coach for the Halifax Thunderbirds new lacrosse team here in Halifax. Uh, we got the hookup around, it was like, I think Saturday afternoon, I was talking to their, their their media coordinator, Charlie, and he hooked up the interview. I was very fortunate for it because they had a three o'clock game playing against Buffalo. So we kind of had to squeeze it in. Not very, it's not the longest interview. I think it's 21, maybe 25 minutes, but nonetheless, I'm very fortunate to get anything I can get out of that team because they're so busy. None of the players or, or staff, or maybe some staff live here. Yeah, no, some staff live here, but the players and coach, you know, they don't live here. They fly in day before game day, and then they do community work, and then they jump right into the game, and then after the game, they, you know, they're they're back to their hometown, wherever they live. So the time is very limited while they're here. So whenever we do get an opportunity to do something with the team, it, it, it's wicked for us. So uh, a little bit about uh, a little bit about Mike or I guess I should call him coach, a little bit about coach, uh, as a player, actually, from the, in the, when he played in the NLL from, uh, you know, 19, no, wait, I'm trying to read here these stats. 
So essentially what I'm getting from this was when he was in the NLL from 1998 to 2014, he was an absolute all-star. He was an incredible player. He won five championships as a coach and as a player combined. So that just shows you his knowledge of the game of lacrosse. He played for Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse, Hamilton, and Edmonton, competing for, I don't know, wait, compiling three, I said competing instead of compiling, compiling 391 goals and 436 assists in 237 games played. He is the fifth in league playoff history with 58 goals and is tied for eighth with 99 points in the playoffs. So that just goes to show you what kind of lacrosse player he was. And it's translated over into his coaching career. He's had a very successful coaching career in the NLL, and it's landed him a job here in Halifax. He says that the NLL community is very tight, and he has a lot of his coaching friends and old teammates in the past uh, texting him and asking him what's it like to be in Halifax. And he essentially, he said it's everything and more. He absolutely loves this town. He loves uh, working here. He loves visiting here because you got to think about it. Whenever he gets to come here, it's just to, to play lacrosse and coach lacrosse. So, you know. The guy's happy. You could tell. He's a great guy. I was a little nervous before. He was dressed in a, he's wearing a suit. I was just wearing a, a sweater and, and pants. I should have came a little bit more dressed up. I felt a little underdressed, but you live and learn in this business. And uh, nonetheless, I thought, I, I thought it was a great interview. So once again, here's the interview that we did with Coach Akurzi. I hope you enjoy. All right. Mike, we're going. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, no problem. My pleasure. I should call you coach. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. So, you know, starting these conversations, you know, it's it's not difficult, but there's so much that you've probably had to comprehend over the past couple of months of, you know, coaching a brand new franchise that's mm-hmm. here. That's a, a great accomplishment, what you guys have done so far. You know, what what have you taken in that's just your wow moment? Has it been the winning streak at the beginning? Has it been the crowds? Has it been the overall people when you're out and about saying great job? Like, what is it to you do you think that's really hit home? Um, I think it's a combination of crowd and community. I think, yeah. uh, you know, obviously you come into an, uh, a city which really is not a lacrosse hotbed. So, you know, there's that unknown of... Um, you know, are they going to support us? Are we going to get the crowds? And crowd support is, it's that extra man. It's that extra person that pushes you when the games get difficult. Um, so that was really an unknown for us. And uh, I can tell you the support uh, in the arena has been fantastic. The crowd has been loud. Um, they've been entertaining. They've been, you know, pushing us, you know, from when we, we fall behind. Yeah. They've, they've been the ones that have been really pushing us forward. Uh, but out in the community, you go to restaurants and guys are like, hey, coach, you know, you know, good luck tonight. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that in Rochester we never really had. So yeah. um, it's it's a great new experience for us. And uh, it's been awesome. Outside of the actual coaching factor, you know, bringing new guys into a new city, you know, I don't know if it's tough to actually get them to, you know, I guess play the way you want them to play. There's new guys coming onto the team. What would be like the biggest challenge that you think of, you know, getting guys from another market, bringing them in here, flying them in week after week. Mm-hmm. Has there been a challenge of that aspect of getting them to buy into, I guess, a certain way? Yeah, I think, I mean, for us last year, going into the unrestricted, you know, market where we were trying to get guys to come here again, I think there was just too many unknowns and, you know, we were able to get Scott Campbell and, uh, you know, Ryan Benesh to come on board, but they've had experiences with us and, and with me specifically as a coach. Um, so that was the easy sell. 
I think next year we're going to have a much different approach in our unrestricted free agency. I think guys see the excitement here. You know, Mark Matthews from Saskatchewan Rush, I know he did an interview with somebody after the game, and he said you could feel the energy in this building. And I think that really is a testament to, one, how hard our, our group of people in, in Halifax have been working to create that, uh, to get, you know, the, the people in the seats. Um, and I think that's it's just going to you know continue to roll forward, and I think it's you know good things to come in, in Halifax. Good. I want to talk about the NLL as a whole. You yourself are a legend. You've been in the league for many years. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Charlie earlier before this podcast, and he talks about how he was working in the NLL uh, 2012. I think he said was his first year, mm-hmm. and the progress all the way from 2020. Now, so many things can come into you know the progress of a league or the growth of a league. Excuse, excuse me. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? Do you think it's the the talent of the players? Do you think it was patience of the fans? Just the quality on the floor marketing like there's so many factors what do you think was the number one thing to get it to where it is now um i think that uh, the quality has always been there this is you know uh, this is the best lacrosse players that you're going to see yeah. and um there's there's no other league where you're going to get a better talented lacrosse so that the product has always been there okay i think um getting it out to the masses is really the challenge i mean lacrosse is kind of like a a pocket community sport and I think a lot of people have never really experienced it. I mean, yeah. You come in Halifax and people are like, well, I've never really seen it, but I'll probably come and check out a game. Yeah. But they don't really understand that it's more than a sport. It's entertainment, the entertainment value that you're going to get here. Um, it's nonstop action. There's music playing, you know, the cheerleaders, there's people, always something going on in the crowd. So I think, I think it's, it's a, a sport, but it's also an entertaining evening. It's like basketball almost, yes. like an NBA game. Yeah. That's right. Like yeah. It's a, it's a, it's more of a, just the, you know, going to see the sport. You're going for the entertainment of the evening. Yeah. I think, uh, that's something that the Halifax has done a fantastic job. They had the, um, you know, they have the, uh, last, last week they had the uh, kitchen party, like yep. stuff yep. like that, that yep. gets people into the building and Hey, let's check it out. Yeah. And I think we can sell the product that we have, uh, you know, as entertainment. Cause yeah. I think we, you know, we're a good team. We're a competitive team. Uh, we're a young team. We're exciting to watch. So people enjoy that. Um, I think as a league and whole, I think, uh, media presence is huge. And I think that the more that we get that message out and the more media presence that we have. And I think social media is, is really the tool that is a good marketing tool for our league. And I think our league is starting to do better at that. Yeah. Um, I can tell you Halifax is, is phenomenal at that. We've well, I was, was going to say it's amazing great videos. Like, I mean, I watch these videos that, uh, you know, show puts together and, and it gives me goosebumps and that's like, you know, I've been around a long time and there's not too much that, that kind of really, really excites me. I'm watching these yeah. videos. I'm like, man, yeah. Like, I wish that was there when I was playing, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really a documentation of what it goes into the day and, and the travel and the excitement. And it's just, it's really impressive. And I think, you know, Charlie and Shobi have done such a great job with with our social media, our Twitter handle, our Instagram, that I think that, that reaches out to so many more people. Um, and it's an easy way, it's a cheap way to, to get out into the market. Well, it's great that you allow it, because you, you might think some coaches might be a little, nah, get the cameras out of here, I don't think it's really good for the team. It's great that you allowed it and take in, because when you take it in, you're allowing the fans' interaction to come you know, a little bit higher with the team. And some coaches might not let that, and they might not be with the times, yeah. but the fact that you are allowing it, that's, you know, people are definitely recognizing that, and I yeah. think pretty appreciative of it to the stuff. Yeah, I mean, the the, stuff. Uh, that was one of the things that was brought up in the league is... Um, 
they didn't need to vote on whether they were going to allow a social media person on the. Bench. Oh, it was like a league vote it thing. Was a league okay, vote. okay, sorry. And uh, there was a lot of people that were against it. And again, it's a lot of people that really like they don't want anybody else near you. They, I mean, it's just they just want to be with the players. But I think the more you let people into your team and into the inner workings of your team, there, there creates that personal connection. And um, you know, being on the bench and getting it from that view, I think it's 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 something special. It's something a lot of fans will never get to experience. They'll never be able to stand on a bench yeah. and watch a game. No. But when you have you know a videographer there that that's giving you that that picture and what we see and how we see the game, I think that's it gives it to enough a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, Charlie. The first game he came on the bench and. Um, he was standing up and he was videoing and he actually stepped in front of me and I said, Charlie, either get out of my way or I'm going to push you out of my way. <laughs> so, I mean, it does have prevent, present its challenges, but I think it's all something that you just have to adjust to. Yeah. You just have to get used to. Uh, it's part of the times you got to be able to change with the times. you got to be able to change with that. Um, to meet the needs of the fans and not to mention this is your first year in Halifax things are gonna kind of you're gonna have to learn from your mistakes kind of adjust things you can notice from the first game that you guys ever played the inner squad game to now the production side of it it's fantastic yeah you know just that little like couple months gap what you've learned yeah absolutely it's learning what the fans want it's also learning how the building works yeah it's it's learning what works what doesn't work and again what works in one market won't work in another market Mm. so again you know kudos to our team here in halifax that have really done a good job as to you know getting into the crowd seeing what they want and and trying to produce something that that they're entertaining i want to go back to the coaching side of the game a little bit you know we we talk to a lot of coaches not only in lacrosse but hockey talk to managers and baseball a couple Mm -hmm. and they say that you know coaching managing whatever it is it's almost at the peak of its not difficulty but you almost have to pay attention to the point of knowing what the players will allow and and not to 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 stroke their egos i guess is what i'm trying to say and especially at the pro level here where you see crowds like this the players must be very happy they must feel confident that they're putting a good show on the floor Mm -hmm. how do you as a coach almost go into every single player and 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 just kind of assess who they are as a person in order to to push them to that level because Mm -hmm. you know let's be honest there's people out there that you can't really push to that level because they might take offense to it and they might not play as well because they think that you're mad at them. Mm -hmm. How do you find that line? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think it's, uh, one, I think you have to create a personal connection with, with players. I mean, yeah, they're players, but they're also people. And, and everybody has, you know, I say to everybody has a currency. Everybody has something that makes them ticks that drives them and pushes them forward. And, you know, I came from an old school kind of, uh, school of thought when you know coaches would grab you by the face mask and yell and scream in your face and that was motivation and that doesn't work with this generation of players so you really have to find out what works for each person because every person is different i can grab cody and yell and scream at cody <laughs> and and he's going to respond yeah as where i could grab a clark peterson and he he might go back into a shell and yeah. be so scared of making a mistake that you know he grips his stick a little tighter and and makes those those unforced errors that's normally not him so yeah. I, again, I think it's you got to get to know your players. You really have to create a bond with your players and a trust with your players yeah. that they trust that you're always going to try and put them in the best you know situation to be successful. Uh, I think you have to be honest with them. You know, it, the most difficult thing is pulling somebody out of a lineup, right? And uh, again, I think that's where you can create the trust with the guys, where you're saying, "Hey, this is what we need to do better. This is how we can do better." You know, let's just push that reset button, refocus, yeah. and let's see where we go from here. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's that trust factor. You have to create that trust and that bond with your players that they'll go to the wall for you. And you got to know how to motivate them. And everybody's different. Yeah.
in every sport too. Yeah, absolutely. it's 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 an interesting thing. I was a player myself playing hockey. I played lacrosse as well. And not that I ever took like it personal if I got scratched or anything like mm -hmm. that. But there's definitely you're a player. You know what it's like. It's as, ego. It's, it's right? absolutely it's, it's ego. ego. It's all my parents or my girlfriends in the stands right now. But I'm getting scratched, so you know yeah. he, I, I'm not a good player. It's not that at all. Yeah, and, and, but, and no matter what level you play, you always have sensitivities to your ego. I mean, you play at this level. You're at the you're at the prime of your career. You I mean you're at the the, the pinnacle of the sport. You know, be pulled out. It, you know, it's it can crush guys. So again, it, it's a, it's definitely a dance that you kind of have to play, and, mm. and it's it's the part of the game. It's mm. part of you know professional sports. So you know, you have to be professional. You have to be honest with them. And, uh, you know, I think I have a good working relationship with all our players. Good. Um, the sport of professional lacrosse. I know the sport of lacrosse, professional lacrosse behind the scenes, not so much. Pre-game uh, warm-up. You guys are out there today warming up. Are you looking at video of Buffalo? Are you making adjustments? Or is it let's worry about us and, and let's make sure that we're playing the best of our ability rather than let's make adjustments and make sure Buffalo doesn't play well. Buffalo's an example because yeah. you're playing them tonight. But yeah, you know I, what I, mean. I think um, I think it's, two, it's twofold. I think one... You have to have your principles and your idea of what's going to make your team most successful. And again, that should be your focus is, is what can we do to okay. be better? Yeah. Um, but you also have to be able to make adjustments based on teams. Are you watching film though? Like are you we watching? We watch a lot of film. Yeah. yeah, we watch a lot of film. So we do two video sessions a week with the players, uh, one at practice. Yeah. So we'll do a 45-minute video session. Yeah. Um, and then we'll do another video session when we get to Halifax. And again, adjustments, things that we can do. Yeah. I look at other games of uh, what's, you know, Buffalo played, their, their recent games, how teams were successful against them. Yeah. And then, you know, try and tweak our stuff to make it, you know, not not necessarily match it, but if there's a pattern that, that's of success, then we we have we want to try and find that pattern. So again, it, it is you know you have to be strategic. It, it's a chess match. Yeah. You know they're watching film on us, so they know what we like to do. They know what we're good at. Yeah. So you know you always have to be able to adjust and so, throw something new at them. Yeah. And also be able to adjust that the new things that they throw at you. So you do have to make those in-game adjustments, and uh, we're you know we're pretty good at it. What have you learned about the the actual rink, like the floor, the boards? It's great for hockey when you get hit. It's flexible. You don't really feel it. What have you learned about your actual floor? If you don't want to give anything away, you don't have to. No, I, I think what have you learned about it? Well, I think the one I, I love the floor. I think we have the best turf in the uh, in the league. Uh, the glass is a little bit dead simply because there is that flex. So would you, you rather it be dead though, or do you kind of use that to your advantage? Well, like, you got to use it to your advantage, right? It hits the glass. You have to take those extra steps forward to get the loose ball. As where you play in some of these rinks where the glass is a little stiffer, that ball comes out a little a lot hotter. So interesting. When it goes off of the glass. Yeah. It's going to come back a lot faster. As where these, that ball is going to hit and it's going to die yeah. a little bit okay. more um as far as the floor goes the floor is pretty consistent with you know what we see around the league yeah ours is nice and flat as where some you know some uh centers that don't roll it up and don't care for it properly it's you know it's bumpy ours is yeah. you know probably the best laid floor uh in the in the league it looks great from up here like i love the darkness of it like i said i don't know many other rinks or any other I guess setups around the league, but for this being here, I just—it it looks first class. Yeah, it just I mean, looks unreal. They did everything right. Did you they? Know, as far as the quality of the turf, the way that the floor is set up, you know, this is, uh, I think, the perfect arena for this league. You know, you're looking at that 11 to 12,000, 14,000 seat arena. It's a perfect, it's a perfect atmosphere because it. it it's close enough that you can get that real energy. You know, you go into these big buildings, Buffalo, Colorado, yeah. where, you know, you're 19,000 plus you yeah. know, seats. You know, they might have 12,000 people in there and it feels dead. 
Really? And, and, it, and it goes, you know, the, the stands coming here, they, they're fairly steep compared to other arenas, which are flat, know, less no. steep and flattened out. So, yeah. again, the crowd feels on top of you in here, yeah. as where other arenas it doesn't. So, uh, again, the atmosphere, the way that the arena is set up, the crowd that we have, it, it creates a, such a fantastic energy here. It's a great place to play. When you were a player, where was the one place you just hated to play? One, because they were just an extremely physical team, tough mm -hmm. to, like, play your game. Yeah. And uh, just, like, the worst rink. Maybe the boards were stiff. Maybe you always forgot a piece of equipment. I don't yeah. know. What was, like, the worst place you hated playing? Um, just talking to the mic there. Yeah. Right. The, the worst place that I, that I played, I don't know. I, I think... Every arena has its good and bad. I think uh, Colorado was was always a tough place to play. They always had really good fans. Oh yeah, and they were really aggressive and yeah. you know told you how bad you were, <laughs> how much you <laughs> suck. And again, it's NHL arena, so the glass is really hard, so the ball comes off yeah. you know hard. Did the altitude have anything to do the with it? You got tired. Is very very challenging yeah. there, so you really got to get there early. You got to get a run. You got to start opening up your yeah. lungs, you know, to get ready because by halftime you're gassed, right? Is so, it like that today? Do the players say they don't like playing in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado is always a tough really? place to play. Yeah, Maha, it's it's harder to breathe. I mean, you don't you don't really think about it. Yeah. Um, until you're actually there and you're sprinting up and down the floor, and you're yeah. like, why do I have no breath today? Well, uh, we know the reason why. It's so. hot in here, man. Like uh, playing hockey, it's tough to play hockey in here. It gets hot, even though the ice is there and it's supposed yeah. to be cold. But it, when this place gets packed with ten thousand people, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it does get warm. I mean. The good thing is in lacrosse in Canada, we play in the summertime. Yeah. So guys are used to playing in the heat. We play in, you know, smaller arenas where uh, there's no air conditioning. So it's, oh. it's you know, 100 degrees in there. They're sweating. They're Lose changing. 15 pounds in yeah, a game. They're changing yeah. their shorts at, yeah. at half because they're soaking yeah. wet. It's like yeah. a bathing suit. So, um, you know, the guys haven't said anything that it's too hot. Again, they, they always love, a, love coming back here. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great place to play. Um, your captain, Cody. His name gets brought up in our podcast all the time because he has such an effect on the game every time he's out on the floor, whether if it's like you guys are losing and he's trying to ruffle up the other team mm -hmm. to make something happen. Yeah. He's always just an effect in the game. It's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Even like when he's not, like I said, when he's not even, even when he's like not on the floor, you kind of watch him on the bench trying to get the other guys going. He's yeah. just always, you're always watching him for some reason. I'm always, same with the other guys. They're always keeping their eyes on him. What do you think it is about him that makes him such a great leader and on top of that, such a great lacrosse person? And I also should say such a great person i've only talked to him once mm -hmm. but every time someone talks about him they just say oh he's such a great guy he takes his time with other people with fans yeah. with kids what it is what is it about the guy um cody's one of those like generational players he's one of those guys that come around every once in a while that yeah. you know there's just something special about him he's a fantastic player he's a natural goal scorer um you know he can carry a team on his back and i've seen him do it i've been a part of teams i played with cody for a while and there were games he literally just took over the game and just said I'm going to take this over. And, and he didn't come out and say that. No, he did it with, he, he didn't do it with words. He did it with actions. That's leadership and, ability. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that just speaks to his leadership quality. Um, I think he's, he's really developed um, into becoming a fantastic. He was always good on the floor, but you know, uh, maybe he was unsure. Maybe it was because we, you know, he had guys like me that were in the locker room. But, you know, he would never really was that vocal leader. And I think over oh. the last few years, he's really become a vocal presence in our locker room. So what do you think made that switch? Um, I think it's I think it's age. I think it's uh, maturity. Mm. I think it's understanding that his role and importance to a team is not necessarily about scoring goals. As much as we want to put that on him, 
he's so much bigger of a factor to our team than just the goals that he scores. Yeah. You know, it's the words that he says in the locker room. It's the actions on how he speaks on the, on the floor. You know, he's the first guy to get into the corner and rough somebody up to try and just create an energy, right? When he feels that we're dead. And, and that's something that, you know, you wouldn't expect from a, a guy that scored 50 goals in this league, you know, in a, in a season. So, you know, he's, he's a guy that, that can do it all. I think he's a tremendous ambassador for the sport. If you've ever not talked to Cody, you know, and, and listen to him speak about, you know, the creator's game and how he views lacrosse as much more than just a sport, but as a, as a, way, of, as a way of life, of, a vehicle for him to talk to young people. Um, it's really empowering. I mean, he does a fantastic job telling the creator's story and the history of lacrosse, according to his people. And uh, I think it's something that everybody really should experience. I mm. mean, he is... Uh, He's just, he's just a fantastic guy. He's a fantastic player, uh, and he's a huge part of our success. And then uh, I want to talk about Clark Pedersen. Mm. Incredible talent mm -hmm. for being such a young man. Yeah. Talk about what you're seeing from him and, and his skill level at such a young age. Uh, you just have to. You have to. It's, it's, yeah. it's incredible what he's doing, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, Clark, Clark's one of those, uh, again, he's... He's a, uh, a quiet leader. He is has always had success. In junior A, he was always one of the top guys in Ontario. Yeah. Um, he went down to Cornell University and set records and, and had a, a fantastic NCAA career. Um, we knew he was coming down years ago and, uh, and knew we know what draft he was in. We you know kind of put ourselves into a position. Yeah. You know, if we had the opportunity to grab him, he's a guy we're going to grab 100. percent And uh, you know when the, we knew saw the draft and you know there was you know all these you know suspected you know draft picks and scenarios and, and different situations out there, and it all kind of led to us either picking Clark or picking somebody else. And you know we knew in our mind that you know Clark was a guy we wanted to get. He you know he's 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 had great success. He's won wherever he's gone, and I think that. That type of pedigree of winning is something that you want to create. And, you know, in order to have that, you got to have guys that have had those experiences because you learn so much from the experience of being in a championship game, being playing in the NCAA final, you know, playing in a Minto Cup, playing in a, you know, a Champions Cup in the NLL. Those are factors in which makes good teams getting that winning culture into your locker room. And he fit, he fit all of those, those check marks. Yeah. So when we said, you know, who do we want? Clark, Clark Peterson is the guy we wanted. And, you know, he, he's, he's lived up to all of our expectations. And I think, um, he's only going to continue to get better and better as he gets older and gets more experience. Charlie was telling me about the, the league of the NLL, how it's very tight teams talk to one another. So I'm only assuming that other coaches talk to one another. Mm -hmm. And since you guys are a first year franchise here, what have other coaches maybe asked you about, you know, your time in Halifax, because I'm sure everyone wants to know what it's like playing here, what it's yeah. like working here, everything. Well, what are other teams saying about us? Um, well, well, I think most of them see the social media presence, which again, it goes back to what yeah. we talked about earlier, but, um, they said, wow, like they've really taken to it. And, and we, we, I mean, you always envision that it's going to come and it's going to be fantastic crowds, but to have that experience and have it come in, everybody's talking about us. Yeah. And I mean, it's really, everybody is looking forward to coming here to play, um, which is good. Um, because they want to experience the city, want to experience what they see on social media, you yeah. know, the videos that they see, the, the crowds and, and the games that we're having here. So everybody wants to come and they're yeah. all like, you know, what, what do we got to see in the city? What <laughs> restaurants we got to go to? You know, are the crowds really that good? Yeah. I mean, it looks so good. Yeah. Is it really good? And I'm like, it's everything and more, man. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. How many sure. donairs have you had since you've been here? Quite a few. You yeah, got tomato few. and onion? I do. 
The whole works. The whole works. Where do you go? You don't have to give a free plug, but is there any like one place you go to? Uh, King of Donaire is, is right. the bomb. Is the bomb. For me, anyways. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, you know, everybody's got their own opinions, but really, that's where everybody pushed me. So, you know, once I find something good, I just stick with it. Awesome. And then just one more question. What are you expecting for the rest of the year? Um, what's the message in the room right now for the guys? Are you guys at the halfway point or three quarters? Yeah, we're just past the halfway, halfway point. Halfway point. So, so what's the message in the room right now for the guys? What are you trying to, to preach? I think the, the biggest thing is, you know consistency and um, not settling for where we are you know it's easy we had a great start we put ourselves in a real good position moving forward um, but we got to continue to get better every week we got to continue you know to fine-tune ourselves so when we have that playoff push and we do get into the playoffs which is you know our goal um, we want to be ready and we want to try and peak at that right time so you know we're a young team and we've made young team mistakes at times in the season and it's cost us but that's all part of that growing that growing process of our locker room we know there's going to be ups and downs to the season you know it's trying to find that level that we can maintain and and continue to move forward in a positive direction so yeah. i'm excited about the second half of the season i think you still haven't be- seen the best halifax thunderbirds yeah um and uh, we're just going to continue to get better and and bring that excitement every week i got to squeeze one last question yeah. you've won so many champions in this mm-hmm. league what's what what's the one thing you look for in a team a championship team like everyone always says it's buying in everyone mm-hmm. says you know it's a good goaltender yeah. it's a good power play in the nll what is the key to a championship team composure really yeah composure because lacrosse is a game of runs yeah right you're gonna see a team that's gonna score three four goals in a row yeah and if you don't have that composure and you start you know whether you go out and you take bad penalties or you know you make those extra mistakes at that point in the game well now they can go on another three four goal run so the composure of saying i'm down by four goals in lacrosse that's all about just getting back to work and you know chipping away at it and in those tight games the the team that's the most composed the most that can stick to you know how they're being successful yeah. is a team that's going to win so for me it's learning those peaks and valleys that we go through and those highs and lows how do we find that level of composure and of intensity that we can maintain for 60 minutes and i think if we do that we're, we're gonna have a good run here that's interesting i wouldn't expect that answer composure yeah good answer yeah thanks bet made thank you very much for joining thanks the podcast man i anytime. appreciate it yeah, good anytime. luck tonight and everyone listening thank you very much for tuning in make sure to join the High Button Podcast as much as you can and attend Halifax Thunderbirds games. Thank you. Thank you.